Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Oh, hey, this is... <laughs> Welcome to Outcast Catholic. Did you forget we were on I, the air, Father? I did for a second. There. I was just so engaged in that intro music. I was oh, like, isn't wow, it gripping? who put this together? Where the hell is Sioux City? <laughs> this is Outcast Catholic, and I'm your host, Father Travis Crotty. Sleeping on the switch here. Sleeping <laughs> yeah. on the switch. And I am Father Shane Demon. Flying as the co-pilot That's here with our possibly fe- the real pilot yeah. with our fearless captain here leading this episode. Well, everybody, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. We are just wide awake here uh, in Sioux City, Iowa, and just ready to be with you for this <laughs> for this episode. Um, Take clearly, it slow, Father, just clearly, it. that's right. Wow, yeah, just deep breaths here. Um, mm-hmm. Clearly. I, I had a long day at the parish, you know, just kind of... <laughs> You're a busy man. You're saving souls man. left and right. Yeah, preaching masses and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. It was good. But uh, I was gonna, I was thinking this recently. I don't know if we've said this on the podcast before, that we're both chaplains at high schools, but, it, but you're also the vocation director. I am. And there's this, there's this interesting reality now that you were my vocation director for most of my time in seminary. That's a good, that's a good future episode topic. Ooh. Let's get out the files. Oh, <laughs> the Yikes. seminary file Whoa. of Father Travis. I didn't what a know good you idea. Had so ready to go. Oh, we do. <laughs> we keep good records. And earmarked, yeah. <laughs> but uh, what, what's that like? We, we've talked about uh, being chaplains and working with the high school students, but mm-hmm. you're the vocations director of the Diocese of Sioux City. Where has that taken you the last few, few weeks or so? You know, um, being a vocation director on one level is, I think, pretty challenging work because you're you're entering into a, a long-term relationship with recruiting mm-hmm. and just walking with people. And recruiting is kind of a tough word because it's the Lord who does the invitation, right? right. We just simply accompany. And sometimes people just call you out of the blue and they're like, yeah, I've been thinking about this for about 18 months. It comes up just about every day in prayer. I can't yep. go to Mass without thinking about the Eucharist and I see myself preaching the gospel and, and consecrating the Eucharist someday. Right. So maybe I should look at a seminary. And it's like, okay, sweet. Well, Jesus was right, doing Jesus, something right, for right, with you. Right. And then others, you know, you almost become a, a quasi-spiritual director or a, a formation advisor for yeah, them yeah. as they as they continue to grow in their own identity as Catholics, as they kind of uh, form their own maturity as a young adult. And, um, you know, you, you just keep walking with them. And sometimes that's a, a long process, you know, throughout high school and young adult years. Mm-hmm. And other times it's, you know, it's, it's uh, something that you really didn't do at all. Yeah. And, and the Holy Spirit is clearly doing something here. And so having a front row seat to kind of watching how these vocations develop and how the seeds are planted in various ways, that's a real gift. Um, one of the trends that I'm seeing, not only in this diocese, but I know vocation directors are seeing it all over, um, Maybe it's because of the sex abuse crisis that resurfaced mm-hmm. in 2018. Mm-hmm. You know, we first met it in t- 2002, and then it resurfaced with greater Episcopal accountability in 2018. Yeah. Um, maybe it's just the state of the world and how Christians are really having to fight for their identity. Whatever it is, maybe a combination of those things. Um, I'm really just thrilled to see kind of healthy, normal men stepping forward. Yeah, I don't have lots of weird dudes like <laughs> right. bursting down my door saying, right. "I want to hide in the priesthood." Yeah, you know, like 
give me a parish where I'll have a title and maybe a little uh, position or status in the community because I'll be the priest of the local community Catholic church. You know, give me someplace where I can hide. I'm not quite mm. seeing that. You know, the, the men that I'm in communication with, the men who seem attracted to this, the men that are really responding to the call of the Holy Spirit in prayer, and the men who really see themselves as part of this band of brothers working with these priests and with these uh, seminarians as future priests, mm-hmm. they're normal dudes. And, and they, they've had to fight for their faith. They're, they've been intent on working on a prayer life. Right. They want this to be the Lord's call and not just their, their, their made-up aspirations on a personal level. They really want this to stem from the Lord. Uh, so it's on, on that level, being a vocation director is very rewarding. Yeah, no, Because great. you see quality really rising to the top here with some excellent, excellent candidates coming forward. You know, in this diocese, you know, we don't have the dozens and dozens and dozens of seminarians that everyone reminds me of on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. that they want me to be producing instantaneously. Right. But I do think we're, we're finding some quality men who are going to be willing to, to preach the gospel in the trenches mm-hmm. and, take, and do whatever it takes to become a saint. Right. You know, when you were saying that, not being, not being weird. First of all, thanks for the compliment. I appreciate it. Uh, well, yeah. you know, it's the current batch. Yeah, you're not right. out of that, Father. <laughs> I'm just you're out of in the, the presbyterate. You're not in the seminarian group anymore. Different, different pool. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's funny meeting people on the meeting people just kind of out and about or something like that in public. There's an assumption that we are just weird, or like that that we didn't realize what we we're getting into. People, you know, they see on the street. Yeah. Wait, do you re- so you can't get married? It's like, oh shoot, are you? I can't. Like, oh <laughs> what, man! No one told right. me that in the manual. Yeah, what the heck? They've been pulling the wool over my eyes. Yeah. I think people assume that though they 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 hear this kind of oddity about celibacy, and they just assume, uh, oh, you don't exactly understand how to get a girlfriend or get married, and that's probably why you're becoming a priest. But what a loser you are! What a loser! Yeah, you just couldn't land the date, right? And that's she exactly said no right. so many times in your sorrow and in your tears. You just ran off to the seminary. Yeah, and you just called up the vocation director, right? Yeah, that's not who we accept. No way. You know, yeah. if, you're not, if, you can't, if you can't somehow have authentic relationships, right. well, how are you going to go evangelize people? Yeah, you know? that's totally right. <laughs> yeah, and I, I've, I've seen it, not, not to compare it too much to the military because I'd probably be a wuss and probably wouldn't cut it in the, like the Marines or something, but I see those bulletin boards and billboards and stuff for the Marines sometimes, and it's, it's just so clear. It's like for the military, their, their objective, especially in time of war, and I think of like World War II and so many people responded, obviously to a draft, but so many responded anyways to just being enlisted. When you see the immediate sort of um, problem or issue in front of you, and then you want to respond to it generously. I think that's what I've seen a lot of my brothers in the seminary and the priesthood now too. It's like so apparent mm-hmm. that modernity offers something contrary to the gospel. Yeah. And that the gospel is something to say to that. Right. So there's this desire to respond to it. And there's a challenge in there. I mean, you kind of have to gear up for the fight. You know what I'm yes. saying? I mean, this isn't preaching the gospel in this climate, in this culture. I mean, this isn't just going to be a walk in the park. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, and the days of, um, oh, the days of just kind of this automatic respect that's granted to you by your office as mm-hmm. a member of the clergy. Well, right. no, those days are gone. I mean, try walking into a large department store wearing a Roman collar and having people hurdle and shuttle their children away from you yeah. out of this preconceived notion that somehow you're going to be a molester. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Go preach the gospel in that environment. Right. You know? Well, and likewise, too, though, just for everybody who's married or who's who's discerning that vocation, there's just as much need for intentional married life now more than ever. Absolutely. Um, you don't just 
yeah, it's just not in the water like it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, great segue to what I want to talk about, actually. Lead that us. was unintentional, but a, a really nice Holy Spirit segue. Excellent. Um, I've just been thinking a lot about uh, this quote from St. Pope St. Paul VI. Do you say Pope or St. First? What do you do? You say Pope St. Pope St. Paul VI. Uh-huh. I had to, I figured that out like after I had written most of my thesis, then had to go back and like change every single time where I Oops. referenced him. Anyways, he's got this great quote from one of his... <laughs> I need to do some my research. Encyclical? Maybe it's encyclical? It is. It is. Good. <laughs> I'm a young priest. What 1975, is it? Evangelii Nunciandi is mm-hmm. Latin for the new evangelization. Mm-hmm. And St. Paul VI, Pope St. Paul VI, was kind of the first to pen that with this encyclical, and we use it all the time, and John Paul II preached about it often, Pope Benedict, Pope Francis talked about it often. But his great line in paragraph 41 of Evangelii Nunciandi, if ever you want to go read it, but he quotes, he says, modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers. And if he does listen to teachers, it is because they are witnesses. And this is quoted often. But I think what I've been noticing is sometimes people who disagree with the church or even those in the church who might feel a little outcast from kind of their understanding of what it means to be a member of the body of Christ, a member of the church, they'll assume that like the church, like capital C, the big bad church, mm-hmm. teaches or believes certain things. And I'm sitting there in front of him, a priest with a collar on, and I'm not treating them the way that they're accusing the church of treating them. I'm not sort of saying the things that they're accusing the church of saying. And they'll even think, like, wow, well, you you know, you don't act that way, but the church does or whatever. <laughs> so what I just Corporate noticed, office. Yeah, like the corporate office is <laughs> right. And it's like, and, and maybe they think the bishops are that, but I don't know who this sort of big, bad, like, church bully guy is uh-huh. if it's the pope if it's the curia whatever it is but i've noticed that that quote just rings so true today because it's like i'm in front of this person whoever i'm talking to as a witness of my of my life as a priest as my uh, as, as a witness of my life as a christian um and that is what convinces somebody rather than kind of this idea of what the church just teaches in general right um and what i've noticed is that people who are far from the church far from the institutional church far from mass far from the kind of life the moral life of the church they often um, haven't experienced the witness of a christian life Mm -hmm. they've experienced maybe in general what they think the catholic church teaches or believes and they've encountered some people who are catholic but often they'll call out their hypocrisy well you say you're catholic and the church teaches these things but i don't see this lived out Mm -hmm. and the lives of the saints of every generation are witnesses. Uh, I love that the Greek for witness is martyrion, martyr, right? Mm-hmm. So those who were killed for the faith were martyred because they witnessed to the truth of the gospel in their life through their death. But there's just this enormous need in two different ways for, I think, witness today in the church. One, witness for faithful Catholics to really testify and witness to what they believe. Mm-hmm. And that might be a challenge because maybe they need to really understand what they believe and have the courage to kind of proclaim that. But two, those who are kind of searching and seeking for the truth, goodness, and beauty in the world, to look for those who witness the faith, not just to look in general at what the institutional church is or what what they think it might teach or what they think it might kind of promote, but to actually look for those martyrion, plural, I don't remember the Greek, mm-hmm. the plural of martyrs, to look for those who are witnessing to the faith in the world. Right. And... Here in the Midwest, um, 
we don't have the greatest reputation of being really bold in our witness. You know what I'm <laughs> right. saying? No offense to our northern neighbor, but Minnesota nice <laughs> is actually more than just this, you know, doesn't stop at the southern border of Minnesota. No, it's Midwest nice. It's all over. And I and having been in seminary with guys on the East Coast, I could I could almost feel that tension mm. where they would they would just kind of say, Well, tell me what you think. You know, just out oh. with it. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. Well that's that's just <laughs> that's real interesting. Yeah. And, and and there is this sense that um, Midwesterners can be a little reticent about taking a stand, right. taking a position, drawing the line in the sand and say, no, the buck stops here. Right. I will not join you in that activity. I will not endorse that type of thought or behavior. And, and instead, I'm actually going to boldly promote this. And, you know, everyone knows the, the quote from St. Francis, you know, preach the gospel always and if necessary, use words. There can be countless ways in which we can be boldly taking yeah. a stance without getting real preachy. Yeah, right, right. You know? And I think that's what everybody wants to avoid is being really preachy. Right. right. You see it in, I, I saw it in the kind of towns that I grew up in, small, tiny towns where everybody knows each other, but there's so many different denominations of Christianity. That's right. sort of like, well, you're at your Methodist church, you're at your Lutheran church, you're at your other style Lutheran church, you're at the Catholic church, and mm-hmm. it's sort of like, we're all going to go to the football game on Friday, right. we're all going to go different places on on. Uh, on Sunday and then Wednesday for, you know, religious education or something like that. Right. Um, and it's sort of like, well, you're, you're, you're fine over there and I'm fine over here and we'll, we'll sit together and cheer for the same sports team, but we're, we're never going to talk about the reality that you're over there and I'm over here in these right. different uh, Christian denominations. Or especially what I see even more is like, you have left the Catholic faith and I haven't seen you at mass for, for years right. or months. And I see you at the football game. I see you at the grocery store, but I would never, challenge you to invite you back to mass oh but father they probably go to the earlier mass right they don't so it turns out that you know the priests actually are at all the masses and we see and we know yeah we, we know if you're there or not exactly you're not you're not kidding us yeah yeah and i think that would be a great challenge uh, and a really necessary challenge for the health of the church for all midwest listeners to kind of ask themselves have i how many people have i invited to come to mass with me mm-hmm how many people do I know who have just kind of wandered away from the faith because they used to sit by me in my church or I know they're in my neighborhood or maybe they're coworkers. How many of them have I really just invited back? Right. And to just to take that bold step and, and you don't have to be real boorish about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, don't have to, you don't have to be a bull in a china shop to come in and say, hey, why aren't you going to mass? I mean, right. that's not really effective. You know, that, no. doesn't, that doesn't win hearts. But to just simply say... Um, you know, I've, I've kind of noticed that I haven't seen you there for a while. Right. And in a way that I'm not trying to condemn you, I'm just kind of curious to know, is there anything going on in your faith journey that we, either my family or we as the, the parish community, can assist you with? Do you have any particular needs, questions that we can assist right. you with? Uh, where are you at in your faith journey right now? And that, that need, while that might seem like a very personal question, right. it doesn't have to be threatening. Right, exactly. You know? And I guess the thing is, we'd be really concerned if somebody was like doing something really dangerous or something like that. Right. Um, if we found out that one of our coworkers or close friends was like, I don't know, like doing really reckless, like, <laughs> I don't know why, like reckless sports are in my mind, but like, I don't know, just doing <laughs> Selling something. Selling heroin. Yes. We'll, we'll go with that. Okay. I was thinking of like, I don't know. I asked a little kid once, like, tell me something really manly. And he said, crashing a motorcycle. I said, that's not manly. At all. Um, <laughs> doing something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's irrational. Yeah. But if, if you knew your, yeah, if you knew your friend, your neighbor was like, selling heroin like and was you know just in this life of like n- just not a good place 
you'd want to say something about it. Right. But sin in some ways can be more even damaging in our life, in our immortal soul than something that we might think is so damaging in the, in society, like selling drugs or something. Right. And we're so reticent to say anything about that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it can just be an invitation I think is, is really what it is. Yeah. And uh, you can see this in converts, um, you know, converts who might enter the church maybe 40 or 50 years old. Right. And they're just enamored by the, the breadth of truth, right. the breadth of history, the breadth of liturgy, sacred art, architecture, sacred music that opens up to them. And they might just be wondering, well, why did it take me to, you know, 45 years to find this? Right. Who, who, was, keeping the, who was keeping the goods from me for yeah. all those decades yeah. prior? You right. know, why wasn't anyone inviting me to this in my young adult years, in my teen years? Uh, okay, so maybe in your teen years, no one else, you know, quite got the picture yet right. either. But the point is, you know, when someone is kind of late to the game, they just wonder, well, where was my invitation to the to the dinner party right. before? Where was my invitation to literally the banquet of life at the Eucharistic table? Right. Um, if, if we're not, you know, if we're not willing to invite people, well, then I think the tough question has to be asked, Father. If you're not willing to invite people, how engaged are you? Absolutely. And and how precious of a pearl have you really found? Right. Well, and to relate it back to our lives as priests so that we're not off the off the hook here and mm -hmm. vocation works too. Mm -hmm. Um in his autobiography, Fulton Sheen just has this I mean, great, very like kind of penetrating questions about who have you brought to the priesthood as a priest? Mm. Who what how many vocations have you fostered as a spiritual father? Right. Um and that's the same question. It's like if I'm if I'm reticent and and afraid to ask somebody if they would consider a call to the priesthood, am I living my priesthood well? Mm -hmm. Am I kind of afraid of what the demands of a vocation to the priesthood is for me, even as a priest right now? Mm -hmm. um, so it's a good good challenge to just be reminded of um, as faithful Catholics, as faithful Christians. I think the other side that I just want to speak into for those in the Midwest who have maybe grew up in a really lackluster experience of Catholicism, right? Mm -hmm. And so you've just faded away from the church, or maybe you're in the process of fading away right now, or maybe your kids or your grandkids are sort of just drifting away from the church. It's so easy to just sort of point at the people who aren't very committed and say, well, that's Catholicism right there, and then step away. It was actually just kind of very interesting. Uh, an acquaintance I met once was was kind of challenged me and texted me about why do Catholics eat meat on Friday? Why don't they eat meat on Fridays? Mm -hmm. That's a dumb rule because they eat delicious pasta and lobster and it's not really a sacrifice. So why do they do that? Mm -hmm. So I explained briefly like what, you know, fasting is and doesn't have to be starving yourself, but what small sacrifices can be to join that with Jesus and how that's done well and how that's done poorly by Catholics. Mm -hmm. But I noticed in their kind of, in their angst that was present there, it was like the church teaches this. Certain Catholics don't live that out. Therefore, it's a dumb rule. Right. And I just see that a lot. And so I just want to encourage those who are kind of looking at people who are not living the faith well, which we're all <laughs> sinners, we're all trying, but to actually look for those strong Catholics who witness to the faith. Right. I think of those, um, especially folks in their, in their later years who've been devout Catholics, devout Christians their entire lives. And if you start to ask their stories, you realize they haven't had easy lives. Right. They've had... They've had deaths in their family. They've had sickness. They've had spouses die. They've had children die. All these different things that have come about, but they've been deeply rooted in communion with the Lord and the sacraments of the church and the sacramental life of the church. And that has led them through those difficult things to really a deep trust and hope for heaven. Mm -hmm. And that can speak into anybody's life right now. Yeah, That can speak into anybody's situation that they're in. 
Yeah, if you're like a college football player and you're thinking of entering the NFL, right, and you're going to go ask someone, well, what's it like to be a professional athlete? Well, you're not going to go talk to the guy who got his knee blown out the first game yes. of his NFL career and then was out for the rest of the season. Right. You know, you're going to want to go talk to someone who had a pretty successful career, draws life and energy and right. enthusiasm from this. I mean, and you're going to you're going to want to talk to the stars, so to speak. Right? And you're not going to look at the handful of NFL players who've been in abusive relationships and have ended up in jail right. and say the NFL is terrible and I would never watch football again. I would never even consider being a part of this. Right. Why would I ever want to do that? Because of these handful of people that are, you know, have lived it poorly. Yeah. So yeah, if there are, if there are folks out there who think the church is a real outcast or if they've just kind of slowly drifted away, as father Travis mentioned, and, and things just seem a little lackluster. Well, you know, strive to go explore kind of a gold standard. Yeah. You know, Look up YouTube videos, read some of the lives of the saints, um, you know, look for that high standard of people who are real stars in terms of knowing the Lord and living out a very vibrant uh, faith, you know, that's, that's full of enthusiasm and a life full of joy. Right. Use that as your standard before you decide to head out the back door. Right. You know? I think in general, not all the time, but in general, we're all pretty impressed by our grandparents, great-grandparents, if they're still living. Um and we're all kind of very, like have an affection toward toward them and their life of kind of um, kind of the grit that they've developed through living life. Um, look to those people in the faith, kind of like the the grandparents of the faith, if you will, of those those wise old priests or those wise old parishioners who have have fought the good fight, like Saint Paul says to Timothy, right. and who are running the good race and have done so for years and are continuing to do so. Right. Look to that. So that's on one side, and then the other side, strive for that. As Catholics, let's strive for that kind of real testimony of our faith and real mm-hmm. witness to the truth that a relationship with Jesus really does change us and really can lead us to life and joy. And from that joy, boldly invite others. Bam, drop the Midwest nice. Start yelling at people. No, don't do that. So, <laughs> but step into it. But really, I mean, see that there's a need for real, bold um, witness to the right. faith. Absolutely. Well said, Father. Good. Hope everybody's out there feeling nice and challenged. Great. Well, uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, thanks for, thanks for, uh, for chatting, Father Shane. It's, it's good to talk about this stuff. And it's good to just be emboldened uh, yeah. for us as priests and for everybody else's. Absolutely. It's lay folk as well. Thanks so much, Father. Good to be with you. And- yeah, absolutely. And everybody out there, God bless you. Uh, and being bold and witnessing to the faith. See you next time. See ya. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.